Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoy the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Call. My name is Christine, and today we have an amazing guest here to join us today, Tommy Colonin of Crossover Church. Tommy, thank you so much for being here with us today. Ah, it's great to be with you today, all the way from Tampa. I know, that's awesome. So, so good. So, Tommy, I introduced your name, but tell us a little bit of who you are and how long you have been at Crossover Church. Yeah, well, I'm originally from Philly, grew up as a PK. So a lot of you guys know that lingo, that language, straight away from God for a little while. God kept his hand on me, got mm-hmm. called into ministry, uh, went to Bible college uh, down in Florida. That's how I ended up in Florida. And uh, then went to this little church plant called Crossover Church in Tampa. And I became their very first youth pastor. The first church was just a few years old. And that was 1996. So uh, I'm, yes. I'm dating myself a little bit now. So uh, <laughs> no. I was youth pastor for six years, and then I got pushed into being the lead pastor. And so I've been the, the pastor now for 18 years, and uh, it's been an amazing journey. That is awesome. That's incredible. So since you are the lead pastor, tell us a little bit of the vision in the heart of Crossover Church. Yeah, so Crossover, even... There, there was really only one, one pastor that started it before me. There was a few others that were interim uh, before I got pushed into being the guy. It's always had this vision to work to reach people that were unchurched and de-churched and to have like a kind of an untraditional style, out-of-the-box style. And so when I became the pastor in 2002, I'm also a hip-hop artist and grew up in Philly, and that's kind of in my blood and my vibe. Right. So we really started to... Uh, carefully and prayerfully changed the way that we did church, even on Sundays. And we added a DJ booth on the stage and we started to have even some hip hop on Sundays. At first we're like, can we do that? I know we do that in youth <laughs> service, but can, are, we, are we allowed to do that on You're Sunday? Right. You know, awesome. but we did carefully and prayerfully. And the church only had about 40 people coming on Sundays, but the youth and young adult service that I did on Thursdays uh, had grown to hundreds so we were, the, the youth ministry was way bigger than the church. It was all unchurched kids and, uh, and young adults. And so we began to grow the church, uh, even on Sundays. At first, we're like, there's like this, this stigma. We're never going to grow Sundays. But as we started to infuse creativity on Sundays and do some different things, people started coming to Christ, getting discipled, and the church really started to, to grow. So I'd say, in a nutshell, we're very diverse. We're multi-ethnic. We're multi-generational, we're multi-class, and we just, we really are a church that reaches the the city, reaches the community. That is so good. That is so cool. I love the creativity you guys are using with all of that. That's so good. Perfect. Yeah. So we want to talk about leading through crisis and about your new book, Loving Your City. So let's start with leading through crisis. Um, How are you navigating that? Can you talk us through a little bit of that? Yeah. So none of us have ever lived in a time like this or led in a time like this. None of us really saw this this coming. Uh, I mean, I sort of maybe saw it coming just a little bit. I was like, what if 
because um, I get some of my books printed. I have a publishing company. We print my books, uh, some of my books in China. And where we were getting my books printed was actually in the area that went under full quarantine, like right away. And wow. so they weren't able to like do anything. I still didn't even get my order now. It's still, I think it's going to come this week finally. Um, but anyway, so I was like, man, what if that happened here? What if we were under quarantine here and we couldn't have church? Like, wouldn't that be crazy? I remember having <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that would be crazy. I don't ever happen. Right. So that was in January. And then here we were in March and everything like shut down. And so um, our church personally was, I, I mean, we were built for this. Uh, we're a church that was already streaming. We've been streaming since like 2006 uh, when streaming was terrible. <laughs> we were using some right. little <laughs> things and you know, eventually we got better at it. And, you know, now we've been in HD and we got great cameras and good, really good sound and stuff. Um, but we've been streaming anyways. And we, we actually, our church has more people that watch online than that attend physically and we've been that way for a couple of years now um and so we have thousands of people that that watch us every week which which is awesome they watch from all over just i think part of it's because we have a unique style uh and then we also have a pretty large social media following and people are engaged on there even our church that attends they regularly watch online if they miss or they might want to send it to someone or re-watch it later and they're on our social media pages and so the majority of our church it skews younger and yeah. even like uh, for our giving, oh, over 80% of it was digital. So for our church and the audience that we connect with, um, it wasn't a hard jump, you know, to, to say, okay, we're just going to do digital because we already did all that. And there was a lot of churches out there that weren't doing it or they weren't really putting much energy or doing it well. And so it was really a challenge. But I will say this, even though that part was easy, behind the scenes for us as the staff, it was definitely a lot more work the first couple of weeks because we were trying to figure out like, what do people need right now? What, like, what, what content should we, we got to produce extra content. Like, but you know, and so we were really just trying to figure out cause we didn't want to miss it. We knew this was right. a, like, it was a heavy, it was especially heavy the first couple of weeks. People were freaking out like, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen. Everything's closing down. I'm not, we're seeing all these people losing their jobs. People are fearful about that. We're wondering as at the, as the church, man, is like, is giving going to totally tank because uh, half the church is not working. And there's just so many uncertainties that were in the air. And as a leader, it's hard to lead when everything is uncertain. And like the news reports were changing almost by the hour. Okay. The president said this now. Okay. The governor said this. Okay. The mayor said this and we can't do this. And now we can't do this. And it's like our freedom every day was kind of like some of the things we were able to do was going away, at least in Florida. I know some places it was a hard stop, but here it was kind of like gradual. Now you can't do this. Oh, starting Tuesday, you can't do this. Now there's this. And so it was, it, it was getting scary. And then there was a lot of rumors going around on the internet. Uh, it's going to be martial law, you know, right. right. So, um, but it was, it was definitely a little stressful there. Yeah. So walk through that a little bit. We're really curious. So you saw some of those issues. How did you as a, as a leader, as a church staff, how did you guys navigate? Like you're listing off all those uncertain factors and things like that. How were you navigating through that? Yeah. So immediately we began to say, okay, we needed to assess, do assessments. What does our people need? What does our community need right now? And a lot of times those needs are very similar. I think a lot of pastors don't always think about that, but a lot of felt needs are, are the same of people that are outside of your church and people inside of your church. And so during this time, you know, especially in the beginning of the pandemic, 
there was a lot of fear there uh, you know schools were closing people were losing their jobs people were wondering what to do uh, with with their kids with you know their new schedule with having to work at home or navigate all that and so we immediately said man we need to produce content to encourage people every day and we knew that even unchurched and dechurched people from outside of our church they were gonna everyone was online more than ever uh, because now you're stuck at home and uh, social media just blew up you know more people were on there than ever and more people had more time on their hands and let's be honest people were working at home so they were scrolling right. on Facebook more because their boss was not over their shoulder, right? <laughs> so we're just like, man, we need to, we're on social media anyways, but we really need to uh, crank up the amount of content we're producing to give people hope. And then we were just trying to figure out how can we connect with our people as well. And yeah. so just the two big things is, you know, we wanted to be high, um, high tech, but high touch. Like our people need to be touched every day. So I think the, the thought went from normally as, as pastors and church leaders and those of you that are on a staff somewhere, we think about church Sundays and maybe for Wednesdays. Sundays and Wednesdays, it's coming. Like we got to get ready for it. Now we begin to think about, man, this is an everyday thing. We have to produce content for our people, connect with them in some way, shape or form every day on multiple different platforms because everybody's not on the same exact platform. And so, um, you know, so we're doing stuff on Facebook, we're doing stuff on Instagram, we're doing stuff on our YouTube channel um, and, you know, doing services and stuff that we also do through our website. And then uh, on the other hand, the high touch part is we went old school in that we made lists and we're still doing this now. Um, it's May when we're recording this. And so we're six, seven weeks deep into this and we get lists, every staff member and several leaders as well, we get lists of people to call. Uh, we go old school and like, like call them. And it's funny for me as the pastor, because a lot of people think it might be a recording at first. I'm like, Hey, this is Pastor Tommy. And then I like, you know, wait. And then they're like, uh, hello, hello. <laughs> like, no, it's really me. Oh, for real? You called me? Cause you know, occasionally we don't do it a lot. Maybe about once a quarter, we'll send out like a voicemail, um, that we do to everybody and it goes to their numbers and stuff and it's a recording. <laughs> so, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're calling me. This is so great. You know, yeah, we're just calling to check on you, praying for you, thinking about you. Do you need anything? How can we pray for you? And for so many people, that just meant so much. And yeah. so that's what a lot of people needed. Just know like they're not in this alone. Yeah, that is so good. I love that you guys started doing that. So that really was a huge gear shift for your leadership, for your ministry, what you guys were focusing on. So how did, more on the leadership instruction side of things, how did you communicate that? How did you cast that vision to your staff and then to your congregation? Yeah, so with our staff, um, we started meeting just like this over Zoom. And, uh, you know, we didn't require them to come into the office anymore. If they needed to go to the church for some things, which several of us do, we still go up there maybe a few times a week. Um, but we're usually by ourselves. There's one or two other people. It's a big, big, big area. Um, we have a 43,000 square foot building. So there's plenty of space. Yeah. We're not, we're plenty, we can social distance. But, um, but yeah, and, and so we, you know, our kids ministry director, our youth pastors, like we all were creating content for each one of our you know, departments, uh, we felt that was like super key, especially for us being a ministry that's diverse and more of an urban ministry. You know, there's not a lot of urban churches that are producing 
um, original content even through this. So we were even like, man, other churches can use this. And some churches have taken some of our stuff and used it. Um, but That's so we're, great. we're filming like crazy. We're filming youth ministry stuff. We're filming stuff for kids. We're filming sermons, you know, for Sundays, we're doing a daily devotional, uh, on our Facebook live at noon every day. And then we were putting some content out in the evening. Uh, we do a game night on Tuesday nights. We're doing music Mondays, uh, which we're not doing anymore. We did it for a while. Some stuff we're starting to taper out. Yeah. Uh, me and my wife were doing a thing called table talk for about a month. Um, just talking about real issues like how to parent in a pandemic, how to wow. you know budget during a crisis, how to um, make sure you stay healthy and exercise, and just giving practical tips. And speaking of which, we're starting this week uh, Fitness Fridays, and we have some of our different people in the church that do fitness. Like we have trainers and stuff. Um, they're gonna do. Uh, we have like four or five of them. They're each gonna do a Friday coming up, um, just to help our church get in shape and be in community and yeah. So, you know, so we just really pushed, you know, our staff to say, we have to think about what content can we give to our people. Our kids ministry is putting stuff on their Facebook page every day to help parents um, have stuff for their kids and yeah. lesson, lesson guides for during the week and a scripture memory verse for the adults, you know. So there was just all these things that we had to rethink about. We had to think about church every day versus just Sundays or Sundays and Wednesdays. And right. so that was a shame. And then for us to communicate that to the church to say, hey, we're going to be here for you and we're going to connect with you and put out stuff every day. So every day, you know, you can go to our Facebook page every day. We're going to be there. If you need anything, um, please email. These are the emails that you can reach out to. This is the number at the church. And, you know, for the most part, we didn't have a ton of people reach out. Um, but there was, you know, when, when we were calling them and talking to them and uh, on social media, people on the chat boards, there's a lot of engagement. So we saw the engagement increase, you know, big time. Yeah, that is so good. So you've tapped on this a little bit and even the plethora of things you guys are doing just to engage with your community, those are part of your church and those you're welcoming in. What would you say is the biggest message everybody needs to hear right now? Like as a church, what do you think people need to be hearing? Yeah. So I'd say for the actual church is, hey, we can still be the church during this time. Yeah. Um, just because we're not gathering physically, um, that doesn't mean we're less of Christians or less the church. We actually have people, I think, that are growing even deeper during this pandemic than they would have if everything was normal. And, right. uh, you know, biblically, the definition of the church, it's, it's not a place. It's a group of people together on a mission. And so we're still together virtually right now, um, but we're still, we still have this mission um, to love our city and reach yeah. people around us and, and be a light and to grow together. And so, you know, we did all of our small groups virtually, we call them growth groups. So we did all that through Zoom. So we had over 30 groups meeting and then we had a lot of our ministry departments on top of that, they were meeting as well. Those were closed groups. So there was a lot of great community of people still being together and many people joined groups that were never in groups before. So that's one thing for us that's not going to go away. We're going to continue to do virtual groups. Even when we go back to having physical groups, we're going to continue to keep that as an option for some people because it just might be more convenient for their schedule. And for some of the people that uh, worship with us online from other cities, they, we can still help them grow uh, in a virtual group. Um, so, so yeah. So what was the question again? I'm sorry. I'm no, just, you're good. No, that was really great. For like three hours. <laughs> I know. Yeah, don't worry. So yeah, honestly, you were on a roll talking yeah. about, because 
especially specifically for you guys, but also just as a church, the kind of yeah. verbiage, the message we're wanting to say to people. So you're saying the church, we keep going, like mission hasn't changed. We're still loving people. Now on the flip side of that, because you guys are doing both, you're doing to your own church community, but you're also reaching new people, and which yeah. is incredible. What messaging are you gearing toward them? Yeah, so I think the bottom line is the message of what we normally do uh, at its core hasn't changed. I mean, we want to preach the gospel, we want to point yeah. people to Jesus, but right now the felt needs have definitely, they've changed. Like people are, you know, they're, the, the great thing is people are leaning in more than ever and they're looking for hope, they're looking for Jesus, they're looking for spirituality. People that yeah. maybe went to church at some point in their life, they're now like, you know, they're like, I need to go back to church. I was at the post office yesterday mailing out some stuff for the church. And this lady, you know, there was like, oh, you're from the church. Is that the church right up, you know, around the corner? I was like, yeah. She's like, yeah, I used to go to church. I'm going to start going back when all this is over. <laughs> you know, I was like, well, you should come see us, you know. I gave her a card and stuff. And so, but I think it's really just giving that hope, like, hey, you're going to get through this. And um, God cares about you. And there's there can be some good that can come out of this. And and, you know, so everyone's asking the question, why, why is this happening? And so, you know, we did it, we're doing a series, we did a series at our church called why questions for God during the quarantine. And so answering the question of why is this happening? We said, you know what, there's not really a blanket answer for that. It wouldn't be healthy to do that because this is impacting so many different people in so many different ways. Um, but maybe the better question is why is, why is this happening to you? Like, what is God wanting to do in your life? and in your family, and in your church, and in your community, and in the culture at large, there's a lot of whys. Have you stepped back, because God's pressed the reset button, have you stepped back to say, okay, I don't want to miss, I don't want to waste the quarantine. Like, what does God want to do in my life? And so uh, that's been something that's been resonating uh, with everyone. And, you know, for our community, uh, we've been there to meet a lot of needs, and we're going to talk about Love Our City in a minute. But we've been doing a, a lot of different projects. We've been doing a grocery drive through We partnered with Feeding Tampa Bay. And so every Friday we have uh, groceries for at least three to 400 families. And wow. we do a drive through in the parking lot where there's two lanes of cars. I mean, it wraps around the parking lot, down the block. It's stopping traffic. And so uh, <laughs> it's, it's been amazing. We've been able to give food to over 1,500 families since this wow. has started. And we're probably going to keep doing this every Friday, like, until, like, we might always do it now, because they love our parking lot, and, you know, they love partnering with us. So it's, it's been great. Uh, we've done gift bags, uh, these Love Our City gift bags to all the hospital workers in our community and healthcare workers, and we partnered with uh, Fuzzy Tacos, and we partner with them regularly to do stuff during Love Our City Week. So they reached out to us and said, hey, we're going to feed tacos. We did this fundraising thing, one taco at a time. We're going to feed healthcare workers. Um, can you get us some of those Love Our City gift bags? And we're like, sure. And so, yes. you know, we've made over a thousand gift bags that have just, you know, snacks and goodies and a little note in there. And there's a card from the church and a bottle of water. And, you know, it's nothing amazing inside, but people just love it. Oh, a bag of snacks. Oh, great. Some gum, you know. Yes. Uh, hand sanitizer in some of them. Uh, we ran out of it after a while, but, <laughs> you know, and then we've been doing some laundry projects as well. We have another ministry we partner with uh, called Current, and uh, we do this laundry love project. So several families in the church that 
uh, may have lost their jobs and other families in the community are, are coming to the laundromat and we take care of uh, paying for everything. We have detergent for them. And so, but a lot of unique ways we've been able to love our city and reach people. And then we've, you know, done extra benevolence for some people in the church that, you know, we've helped pay some bills for them and get them some food and stuff beyond the food from Fridays. Uh, but honestly, there hasn't been a ton of people from our church that have been impacted. We're so surprised um, because when we see the numbers of 30 million people uh, applying for unemployment, most of the people that we've called are like, yeah, I'm still working. I'm working from home or I'm working remotely or I'm still going into work. I'm essential. And so uh, our church family has really been protected, you know, thus far, yeah. which is wow. amazing. Yeah, that is, that's awesome. And I love what you guys are doing. That's incredible. Yeah. Yes. Well, awesome. Well, I know with your community and you as a leader and you're looking out for everything. And as you talk with churches and leaders and you're watching other leaders all over the country, have you seen different responses to the crisis? And then the caveat to that is, what are you learning? So, I mean, as leaders, we're always learning, but I know you've got your strategy and you delved in that earlier. What are you learning watching everybody else's experiences? Yeah. Well, um, I've been in touch, yeah, with a lot of pastors. I coach some pastors and just have relationships with pastors all over and uh, pastors in New York City, pastors in Los Angeles and Chicago, in Dallas and New Orleans, a lot of the bigger cities yeah. that have been in Atlanta as well. Um, and some of those cities have, especially like in New York, uh, been like an epicenter. And so ministry there is on a whole nother level. I have a friend of mine that, you know, his church has a couple hundred people. It's not a huge church, but just a few hundred people in the church. And there's like 13 people that have died in his church from COVID, you wow. know, in the Bronx. And so to, to, you know, we haven't lost anybody at our church. There's, I think, one lady, you know, we have a couple thousand people connected with our church, and one lady's been sick, and she's recovered. She's better. So Tampa has been, you know, we haven't had a whole lot of cases here. We've been blessed um, compared to a lot of other places. So I think one thing I've learned is to really just, man, be grateful, um, yeah. you know, and not, not saying we're more blessed than anybody else, but, you know, our community just hasn't been impacted like some of the other cities and so it's just made us, you know, really grateful and praying for our brothers and sisters out there and for other pastors and churches and believers out there that are going through a lot of suffering from this. So, you know, every community, I think, is going to begin to reopen or do things differently post-COVID, um, depending mm -hmm. on the, the trauma and experience they went through. We haven't went through a whole lot of that here, uh, thank God. Yeah, so, really. you know, it's the way that we deal with it and some of the things we're doing is, is going to look different than it would for some places in other cities or, or maybe a smaller town or whatever. So all of us, I mean, you know, we're, we're in the same storm, uh, but we're kind of on different boats and, yeah. and experience is, is varying a little bit. Um, but yeah, I've definitely been learning some great ideas of some of the stuff other churches are doing. Um, there was one church I heard that started doing, um, uh, for all the new people that came to church, like a zoom, a zoom party, you know? So we tried that, you know? And, um, so there's some things. Yeah. So for all the, we had like 50 new people come to church digitally in the month of April and we did a zoom party and we're learning. So I'll, I'll be straight up honest on here and tell you how it went. Cause you're like, how yeah. did it go? So I think it was actually 44 emails that we sent. And, um, one person came. 
won. And I was all excited about it. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking like we have like 10 people out of 40 something. That'll be a great win. We'll meet some new people. They'll be able to connect with us. One lady came. She had a ball. It was great. She's, she's excited to go to the membership class, our, our 3D growth track. Um, but what we learned out of it was the only way we communicated with those new people was through email. And we already know most people don't open the emails anyways. And so we're like, what were we thinking? You know, so now we shifted everything over to text messaging totally. Like we were already using some of that, but now we're like, listen, the, from the rest of the pandemic, we just got to do text messaging and we got to push all the new people to just do the texting thing, not go to the website. And then we send them an email and they probably don't even open it. And like, wah, 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 you know, right. <laughs> So, uh, so we're watching what other people are doing and I've watched a few other churches that have been really strong with that. Oh, let me show you this. I, I don't yeah. know if this is on video or not too, but uh, I'm biting this from uh, my friend, Rich Workerson in Miami. He was wearing a shirt that had a phone number on it and it was like duct taped on there. Cause like, I guess he couldn't <laughs> have time to get it screen printed. But so my youth pastor is a screen printer. We have a screen printing rig at the church. So we, we made this and I wore this this past Sunday. Because yes. we really wanted to push the new texting, you know, service. We already had it, but we we're making a totally new group for the, the pandemic. So uh, if you can't see this and you're listening to it on podcast, I'm holding it up and it says text yo, and it has the phone number. But uh, the graphic looks like yo MTV raps from the That's 90s. so good. <laughs> That's Maybe. awesome. I was wearing that and it jumps out. And so we had a lot of engagement with that. And uh, so we're learning. I constantly look at other pastors and watch what they're doing. And we got to share ideas and steal ideas. So it's all good. Nothing's original anyways. Nothing's new under the sun. I think that's somewhere in the Bible, right? Like, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> and those are some amazing inspiring stories. Like, and thank you for sharing about your first time guest party because I'm sure a lot of people will start learning because we're all yeah. just trial and error trying to figure it this is. out. It is. We're not giving up on it. I think there's great potential with it. You yes, know, for sure. We're going to do it at the end of May, but with text messaging. <laughs> right. If we would have texted those 44 people, I bet you we would have had like 15 or 20 show up. But yes. We'll yes, that's so good. Well, perfect. So we're actually going to transition to talk about your latest book, Loving Your City. So what was the driver? What's the heart of this book? Um, the heart of it really is, is outreach. And uh, one of my like gifts is evangelism. I, I have a big evangelistic heart and I believe that's why our church over the years has, has grown so much. And, you know, we relocated from this little building in the middle of a neighborhood to where we retrofitted a former retail box, a Toys R Us store. Um, I heard there's a bunch of those available, by the way. Um, <laughs> 43,000 square foot building that we retrofitted and we would have never got there and grown to the size that we are and the diversity we have if we hadn't been loving our city. And I think as time went on, we just kept getting better and better at doing outreach. And the outreaches became bigger and more people involved. And, you know, like we do an annual back to school jam and we give away over a thousand backpacks and school supplies. We'll have hundreds of people come and serve. And, you know, there's tons of families that are part of the church now because they've come to some of these different outreach events that we have. Yeah. And so a few years ago, I said, well, you know, I would love to get more of our church involved because even though a couple hundred people come and serve, that's only a small portion of the church. And uh, so I, I saw what some other churches were doing with, you know, outreach weeks. 
And so I said, man, we should do a whole week where we do community service projects on different days. So I came into my staff. I said, what if we did 50 community service projects with 500 volunteers for a week? And so my staff was like, what? We never did like, you know, we never had 500 people do anything together, like serving. I'm like, I think we can do it. It's in our DNA. And they're like, what are we going to do with 50 projects? How are we going to come up with that? And so I just said, well, well, let's think about who's in the neighborhood of the church in a three, four mile radius. Let's put on the board the different demographics. So we started doing that. So leader, think about who's in your community. So people started writing down, like, you know, we started writing out, okay, we have college students. You got a big university down the street. We have business people. We have um, families. We have people in poverty. We have homeless people. We have immigrants. We have seniors. We have, you know, so you can start thinking of all these different people groups. And we said, so let's now let's think of projects that can touch each one of those demographics and people groups. Because if we're going to love our city, we want to love all of our city. Many times outreach boils down to let's give away stuff to poor people. Right. Let's be real. If you think about most outreach that the local outreach that the church does, even outreach overseas, right? Let's give away stuff to poor people. Well, what about middle-class people? What about people that don't need a backpack for their kids? What about people that don't even have kids? You know, what, what about those people? What about affluent people? They need Jesus too. They need a touch. Yeah. And so we began to dream about these different projects. And real quickly, I'll tell you the three categories. One is service projects where, you know, we might paint a house, cut someone's grass, sweat equity type stuff, clean a school, clean a park. Um, second one is pay it forward projects. So we'll go to the laundromat. We'll pay for everybody. And the place gets packed with all these people. Um, but at the same time, um, 300 feet in front of the laundromat now, uh, our neighborhood has a Starbucks. It's gentrifying a little bit. So at Starbucks, we're paying for everybody's coffee for an hour. Two totally different crowds, but they're getting touched. And there's yeah. incredible ministry stories coming out of the, the ministry at the laundromat. And then some lady at Starbucks like ball, starts bawling uh, when we give her the gift card because she's like, mm -hmm. oh, I was just in my car, I'm having, having an anxiety attack. I'm reaching out to God, like, are you real? Like, show me you're real. I walk in here and somebody like pays for my coffee. And wow. so just so many amazing stories. Uh, and then the third kind of project is appreciation lunches. So we fed every teacher, every firefighter, every police officer, every clinic worker in our, in our neighborhood with partnered with restaurants like Fuzzy Tacos and Chick-fil-A and Chicken Salad Chick. And uh, we did about 700 catered lunches that week uh, with gift bags and just so amazing stuff. So that's how the book was birthed because we started doing this and so many churches are like, man, teach us how to do that. We want to do it. And so we had teach the, taught a series on it, um, basically on the scripture where Jesus says, love your neighbor as you love yourself and yeah. really unpack that. And so I put together the book, which has actually um, evolved into a 30 day devotional book. And then our church actually went through it in 2019. And there's been dozens and dozens of churches that have gone through it together as well. And we created a small group video curriculum at the end of uh, every seven days. So the end of every week, and you can watch that uh, with yourself or with your family or with a small group. And inside of the book, it's kind of got, it's like a workbook. It's got the fill in the blanks. And then yes. the discussion guide questions are right in there. And the videos on YouTube, it's got the links. So it's, it's all like a package all together in one. And we created a, a message series and, the artwork and project example templates and a fundraising guide and all that. And we put that together in a box kit and 
if you're watching this, uh, I know a lot of y'all are listening to it, but there's actually a box kit and we put all that together to kind of help other churches. And there's been about 250 churches that have uh, purchased a box kit and just said, Hey, here's our template, you know, take it. And it's, it's adaptable in every kind of context because the projects you do in your community depends on what your demographics are. So whether yeah. you're in a urban context, a suburban context, or even churches have done this in small towns, uh, you can create those projects on what your community and what your needs are. So yeah, it's been an exciting journey. It's been doing a, a lot of fun teaching churches how to do this and be better at yes. cities. So in your book, you talk a lot about changing the city around you. What are some of the ways that Jesus stands out as a leader in this regard? Yeah, so Jesus was countercultural in so many ways. If you reach, if you read the Gospels and you you peer in and notice a little bit more, um, he was really reaching out and loving everybody. And you even think about some of the stories where he, you know, mentioned Samaritans. Samaritans were hated, you know, by Jewish people, but he rebranded them as, you know, it says this despised Samaritan came along, right? But no, he retitles them as good Samaritans, you know, and so everybody knows that story and even thinks of that people group as, oh yeah, the good Samaritan. Uh, well, Jesus is the one that rebranded them. You know, yeah. he cared about even Samaritans, you know, even the story with the woman at the well, you know, and so there's, you know, even the whole, the whole concept of loving your neighbor as you love yourself, like that was countercultural and that was radical. If we really think about it, because we all, we all love ourselves, you know, now, I, I know that a lot of people will say, oh, well, some people, they don't know how to love other people because they don't love themselves. I, I get it. But at the, bottom, at the end of the day, it really means like, like you're going to eat today. <laughs> you're going to drink something. You're going to feed yourself. You're going to put clothes on. You're going to protect. You're going to take care of yourself. And you want yourself to be comfortable in the same way. Can you do that for your neighbor? You're going to dream. You're going to have some goals for your life. You're going to want to get better, right? Can you do that for your neighbor? You want to have a good marriage. You want to have a good family. You want your kids to do well. Can you have that same dream and push that you want your neighbor to have those things as well? I want my neighbor to have a healthy marriage. I want my neighbor to win in business. I want my neighbor to know Jesus. I, you know, all those things, are, if we really at the core think about it, like how often do we really think about our neighbor and care about them and love them as much as we love ourselves? Right. That's a challenging one. It really is. And so if we really look at the core of, of what Jesus meant, we take it outside of our nice Western, Westernized Christianity of like, oh, yeah, well, we'll just, you know. So I, I think that Love Our City, like the book and the, the community service projects and, you know, it, it's really just a primer because we don't want it to be. So if you just do an outreach and someone comes and serves and they can help people and they feel good about themselves and like, oh, wasn't that great? I'm a good person. Hey, let me take this picture on Instagram and now yeah, at the outreach, serving <laughs> people food, aren't I great? You know, sometimes we do those things for ourselves to feel better about ourselves. But, you know, so the whole idea was if we can get people reading this book that every day there's a scripture involved and it's unpacking the theology behind what Jesus really meant to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then towards the end of reading the book, that's when you do the community service project or the serving week. You might do several projects. Um, then like hopefully that can be 
begin to awaken something inside of you to say, you know what, I'm going to look now at my neighbor through different lenses. I'm going to look at my job, my neighborhood, my city through different lenses and realize, man, there's needs all the time. I don't have to wait until the next time my church does an outreach. I can find ways to serve people. And so we've heard so many amazing stories of people in our church that just started being the church every day and doing stuff and reaching out and serving the person they worked with or the person that lived next to them. And it was totally outside of a church project. So the idea is the church project just begins to awaken that thing inside of people to, to live a lifestyle. And then also it gives them a taste of serving and hopefully they'll jump in and they'll serve on a regular basis with the church in some different areas. Mm-hmm. So we've seen amazing results. That's incredible. That's awesome. So what is the one message that you hope people get from your book? The one message is uh, really, it's not about you. It's, it's about others as well. And, and any blessings you have, anything that God has done for you, um, it's not just for you. And then I'd say the, the message for the American church is missions is right here as well. Mm-hmm. And missions is both and but many times we've just made it like missions overseas. I can go and go overseas and do ministry, but I'm very uncomfortable to go minister to that person that's, you know, right down the, you know, right down the street from me and across the tracks in the other bad neighborhood. Like I'm not really comfortable to going over there, but I'll get on a plane and fly halfway around the world and dig a well and feed poor people over there. But there's poor broken people that need the living water right here they're drinking from the wrong well here and yet uh well i'm not really comfortable to go do that and so it's just you know i pray the message will be for churches like man don't forget to love your city and we got to love the world but don't forget to love your city your jerusalem your local area and it's going to raise the bar and the temperature and the reputation of the capital c church right here if more churches were doing that because people may not agree with our message, but if they see that we're doing good stuff in the community, like, wow. So I, I guess, let me say one other thing, yeah. um, church leaders out there, my question for you would be, what if your church didn't reopen after COVID? Like, what if your church totally permanently closed down, you went out of business, would your community even notice? If you're loving your city, they'll notice. They'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe the church. Go, oh, they used to do so much great stuff. Maybe they never attended there yet, but you still made an impact on them. And even like the scripture says, when you do good works for the Lord uh, and it impacts people, they praise the heavenly father. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when you love your city, that scripture comes to life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really good food for thought food for thought just to process through and that and even in your book you guys give strategy for how to make such an impact a positive impact in your community so we love that so on this note of covid and just the distressing time that we just all together are in what is something you would say to a discouraged leader right now yeah i would remind them that god sees them mm-hmm. god sees you right now It's no surprise to him that COVID happened, that COVID's here, that it's impacting you and the church that you lead in the way that it is. But I would challenge you and say, like, man, don't waste your quarantine. Lean in and 
see what God wants to say to you because he wants to reshape all of us in some ways. And it's uncomfortable. It's inconvenient. It's a, it's a major, it's not an interruption. It's a disruption. This has disrupted our lives. It's going to disrupt ministry uh, for the rest of this year and probably certain aspects of ministry and physical church gathering may never be the same again. Uh, We just don't know. But, um, you know, instead of us continuing to, to, so I guess, I, I mean, we've all had our moments where we have pity parties like, oh man, this, you know, this sucks. <laughs> you know, listen, yeah. it, it, this is the reality of where we're at. And God has called you to lead and lead the people that you're leading through this. And so at the same time, even if we're discouraged, not that we put a fake face on, but people are looking for hope and they want their leaders to be confident. And, and, it, and it's totally, I think it's appropriate to be transparent and say, you know what, I've been struggling as a leader figuring this out. So pray for me too. But I am hopeful that I know that God's going to get us through this together and we're going to learn and grow and come out of this stronger in some ways. And so, so be encouraged. This isn't going to last forever. We are going to go back to having church in person. Um, It's going to be different in every area of the country of how soon that is. There's already some churches that have started, started meeting in some places. Mm -hmm. Um, This past weekend I heard about, I was like really surprised, but um, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna eventually get, get back to us gathering. It's gonna look different and different mm-hmm. for a while, but God's gonna give you the tools and the strength to, to navigate that. So be encouraged. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's a great word. So about your book and the awesome resources you guys have, if people want to get a hold of that or get a hold of you, how can they do that? Yeah, well, the book is on Amazon, but um, if you want to actually look at the leader's kit, Uh, the box kit with all the details in there. There's a leader's guide that gives you all the details of how we did the fundraising. By the way, we raised over $25,000 last year from outside sources, which paid for about 90% of our serving week. So the church only put in about 10% uh, because, and it it was year three, because we just had so many community partners that heard about what we were doing and the reputation just continues to grow. And this year, our Love Our City Week was in April. And it got postponed, obviously. But we're doing a bunch of Love Our City projects through COVID. Yeah. Uh, we we'll still do a week, a serving week sometime later this year. But you can get the details at loveourcitybook.com. So loveourcitybook.com is the website. And uh, my handle on social media is UrbanD813. So my, my, my stage name when I rap is UrbanD. The area code is 813 in Tampa. So it rhymes, UrbanD813. And uh, it's, it's great to be on the podcast with you today. And, and hey, I want to say one other thing, too. I'll put a little plug in. I just launched a podcast. You guys have inspired me. And uh, it's, it's basically an urban leadership podcast. It's, it's called Flavor Fest Urban Leadership Podcast. And interview different pastors and artists and entrepreneurs and people that are creating movements and stuff. So I'm starting to, I meet a lot of interesting people as I know you guys have lots of different interesting people on here with different perspectives. And so the more we can share with each other, inspire each other, each other with ideas, um, the the stronger the kingdom will be. Yes. Yes. So definitely check that out. I mean, we're all in this together and we love, love that we get to hear different voices. And like you said, it's advancing the kingdom in different ways. Absolutely. So awesome. Well, Tari, thank you so much for being here with us today. It was incredible. Thank you for sharing your stories and just being such an encouragement and such a light during this time. And I just thank you for all you do and your obedience to the kingdom. 
Definitely. Thank you guys for what you guys do as an organization. Um, we partnered with you um, a couple of times before. We didn't, I didn't tell you that beforehand, but you know, you guys have helped us navigate some different things. And when we started our preschool and different things, like you guys have been a great resource to, uh, to the church community. No, thank you for that. Thank you so much. And to all of you listening, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. You all have be blessed. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.